When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings. Picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford. Feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save rebound. Score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. We got a really fun show lined up for you tonight, but before we get into that, I want to go over a few things with you. We can find You can be found on social media. Sorry, I'm tripping all my own words here. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty and also at Royalty underscore Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Hockey Royalty, and we are so proud to announce that we now have a YouTube channel. <laughs> That's right. You can see our smiling mugs all over YouTube. It's going to be great for these shows. Uh, and that, of course, YouTube ta- channel is also at Hockey Royalty. So later on in the show, we're going to be bringing in Patrick O'Neill from Valley Sports West to uh, enlighten us with some King's knowledge. But for the time being, we have some own, our own King's knowledge we want to enlighten you with as well. And these are all based off stuff that we can be found on HockeyRoyalty.com. So first things first, I'll bring in our esteemed panel, as always. Uh, Riding shotgun with me is going to be our editor, our editor-in-chief, our Shakespeare, if you will. It's Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, Scott. Doing well. It's uh, Labor Day. Uh, 
getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty good because I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> a week long Labor Day. That's right. <laughs> I just took it to the next level. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also joining us, as always, our faithful companion, if you will. He is known as the Prince of PDO. He is the King of Corsi. He is the Emperor of all things analytics around here at Hockey Royalty. He is Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? What's going on, vacation boy? Just rub it in our faces, <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have said anything. Now I feel really bad. No, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Hope, you're enjoying you it. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, oh, believe me, I am. <laughs> Oh, so like I was like I was just saying, you know, we've had some uh, pretty interesting articles out there on HockeyRoyalty.com. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about was written by you, Russ. Um, and it has to do with uh, New King Victor Arvidsson. Uh, you wrote an article basically saying that he is pegged to be a 30-goal scorer this year. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it, um, I think it was our boy Ryan here. Yeah, it's, oh, did I say Russ? Wow, I'm really... <laughs> This, this vacation no seems getting to me already. That's all right, Scott. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I was listening to the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, and uh, Pete Jensen over there predicted um, Victor Arvidsson returning to a 30-plus uh, goal season and, I guess, conversely, uh, helping out Anze Kobitar to potentially eclipse 90 points again, which he hasn't done in uh, four seasons. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously, that's why the Kings brought him in, was to help score. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Russ, I'm sure you have it off the top of your head better than I do, but not quite sure when the Kings last had a 30-goal score. Was it, uh, it was Ziggy Palfi? Oh, it was Toffoli? Yeah, Ziggy Palfi was the last one to eclipse 35 goals. but Okay, that's the number scored. I had in my head then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would obviously be uh, beneficial to not only um, himself, but everyone, which I think we we're presuming that he's going to play on the top line. So, Well, presuming anyway. I mean, um, I would hope so. If, you, if you're going to bring him in to, uh, to ride shotgun with Kobe, you want to see him up there. Um, I don't know, you guys. What do you think? Is, is 30 goals a stretch, though? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think for what Harvardson can bring. No, I mean, like Brian said, if you pair him, with Kobitar, I, I, I actually don't want to see Kobitar and Brown be, be split up. I mean, you have Brown score the amount of goals he scored last season playing with Kobitar. I don't want to see that chemistry chemistry uh, broken apart. But, I mean, even if he is paired with Deneau, I mean, we know what kind of play driving Deneau can bring. So maybe that helps Arvidsson eclipse that 30-goal to- total. That's a very good point. Yeah, I just I know how, how good of a facilitator Anze Kopitar is. He just makes everyone else around him better. Um, we'll get to him in here in a second, but just look at what he's done for I, Alex Iafalo in his first four years in the league. You know uh, what do his numbers look like if he's on the second or third line? Does he have Trevor Nor- Trevor Moore numbers? Excuse me. Yeah, I mean that's that's also a, a valid point. I mean that's. But that's what you bring him in for. I mean, because let's be honest. I mean, as great as Brownie is, and I mean, he led the Kings in goals last year. But when's the last time Kopey had a, a chance to have a legit sniper on his wing? So I, I think, in all fairness, you, you have to at least start Arvidsson off on, on Kopey's line. And if for whatever reason it doesn't work, you can slide him down, slide him over, do whatever you got to do. But that leads us into our next topic, which you just mentioned it. 
Mr. Alex <laughs> Iafalo, right? Yeah. So uh, we recently had a poll on Twitter on our hockey our, our hockey royalty page, uh, basically saying where do our fans think that I, Alex Iafalo is going to play this year? And I do believe a majority of you said that he is going to play on the second line. What do you guys think? Russ, go ahead. I agree. I agree with uh, with second line pairing. I mean, I, I think it's just from where he finished last season, we, we saw Kemby playing up with Kopitar most of the year. And if you're going to pair Arvidsson up there with Kopitar, I see Kopitar or Arvidsson and uh, Kempe being paired together on a line. They played together, I believe, at the 2018 World Championships. Um, and I believe Phil Forsberg was the center. I forget who the center was at that line, but they had good chemistry playing together. So I can see the two previous players like maybe helping out, maybe helping bring Kempe's offensive game a little bit higher. I mean, we've all wanted Kempe to shoot the puck more and score more. He hasn't even clipped 20 goals in his whole career. So who knows, maybe playing with Arvidsson up on the top line. Then we have a follow playing with Deneau and Brown maybe on the second line, or maybe even Velarde slides up to the right wing on the second line. That could be a good trio as well. So now we have the Kings finally have a legitimate top six, it seems like, in quite some time that hasn't really been there. Yeah, and I mean, projected over 82 games, I think Kempe was on track to score like 21 goals, 22 assists, somewhere around there. So it's kind of uh, um, unfortunate we didn't get to see all – all the games play out to see if he could actually eclipse that. Um, but I, I do think, I think he ends up on the second line at some point, but part of me wonders if he starts out uh, on the top line with Kopitar and, you know, just as the season evolves and the lineup changes or tinkering and all that stuff, if that's where he kind of finds uh, his home, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's that's you know that's valid. I I think he probably will start off on the second line though. Um, even though it's kind of funny because you you want your second line to be like your scorer's punch line, right? After <laughs> yeah. your first line, and you you pair him up with Deneau, and you're going to have one heck of a defensive line. Yeah. that's for sure. You know, um, but my thing is, if Quinton Byfield does make the team out of camp, I honestly think that. Alex Iafalo would be an ideal winger to have on his line. And let's let's face it, um, if Byfield does make the team, he's going to be playing third line. I mean, there's no – I don't see him jumping right to the second line. And he's going to need that veteran presence to help him out. And who better than Alex Iafalo, really? So, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts at play. Um, but it, it's going to be it's going to be really fun to see what happens out of training camp, isn't it? It will. And I think one thing to keep an eye on is we'll – Gabe Velarde moved to the wing. Yeah, I think he has to. I think I think that's got to happen. Because not only that, but like, how does that impact the rest of the roster? <laughs> you know, who gets pushed? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before, right? There's just way too many players right now. Right. So it's it's going to be you know we're going to be saying goodbye to some players after training camp or during during training camp. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, but I think that the time is now to put Velarde over on the wing. Um, if for anything to help build his confidence back up, I mean, let's let's face it. Yeah, last season we, was a rough one for Velarde. Yeah, if we do see Velarde on the right side, I think that actually opens up a spot for Rasmus Kapari to play that third line center role. I mean, it, he deserves a chance, and I, I've been wanting to see him play. And it, unfortunately, he had that injury uh, at the World Juniors a couple of years ago, 
And we could have probably seen him in the NHL a lot sooner. But I think now that he's put in the time, if we do see Velarde move to the right side, who knows, maybe we see Kupari on that third line center and see how he does in the NHL. Let me I ask guess, you something, how does, that, how does that affect the rest of the roster, though, Russ? Like, someone who's getting pushed off the center? So, you have Velarde. I've, I've, I thought about this the other day. If you have Velarde, Velarde right now is probably, I guess, papered in or penciled in at the third-line center position if you're with Deneau in now. Um, let's say you put Kapari there. You have Velarde move to the right, right side. Left side, you probably have Andreas Athanasiu, maybe Trevor Moore. And then fourth line, you're probably thinking Kachev. Um, Jared Anderson, Dolan, and either Athanasiu on that side. And then I believe that probably leaves out – I feel like I'm, I know there's so many names that we're missing, but you have Carl <laughs> Brunch from Blake Lazat, Austin that's Wagner. generally assuming that Byfield starts the year in Ontario. Which I I, I see as a possibility. I mean – Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm actually surprised that he's actually on the rookie camp roster or the, in the tournament roster for that in Arizona. I thought they actually would have held him off. And I think that kind of goes to show how much more time and more development they might need him to have. You think maybe it's because they want to see if he's over that foot injury? I mean, if he, if the foot injury is still really a problem, then I don't, I don't see him even going to Arizona. Yeah, that's I a think, good I don't point. Think they'd, I don't think they'd push it. Probably just No, but that's what I mean. But... I mean – and the other thing, too, is I, I really wanted to ask you about Kapari is, okay, so you, you say that there's a possibility that he could start as a third-line center, which, yeah, I mean, that's sure certainly a possibility. But let me ask you something, Russ. Do you think that he stays a center at the NHL level? I don't think so. I think if with with the type of player he is and the speed he has, I think he'd more be more suited on the wing. And he plays at that rookie development camp. He played with a lot of confidence and he and Samo Fagamo seem like the most confident players in the ice. You can just tell, like, they almost, I don't want to use the term, but they seem like the veterans out there. I mean, yeah. they were just making plays that the way that, that they were reading the ice and the plays that they were making, it just made it seem like they knew what they knew. They had been there before. So I'm, I'm curious to see the type of player he is just in the NHL. Who knows if he's a center or a winger? He's got a lot of speed. And with the type of NHL that is being played now, I mean, that's something that could benefit for the Kings to have. Yeah, oh, absolutely. For sure. And I mean, uh, he was blatantly asked, you know, in the media session, if he would uh, switch to the wing if needed. And I think he gave kind of a, a perfect response and that, you know, it's not a problem for him to, to play along the wing. Uh, if it meant having a spot at the NHL roster, which I love well, that response. And, you know, I don't think he had much of a choice, but to say no, I, you get what I'm saying, though. I, I mean, he's willing to do what it takes uh, to not only make the team but to help the team. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm just kidding with you. I just wanted to get yeah. that up a little bit. But it, it is interesting, though. Gabe Velarde finished the year with five points over his final seven games. Um, that stretch in the middle there was a little bit inconsistent, considering, considering he started pretty hot. Um, but over that last stretch, he seemed to really find it, I use that in quotes, it, with Alex Iafalo and Leah Sanderson. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I do wonder if they'll try to keep those three together to start the season for, uh, you know, a trial period. And if that doesn't work, then tinker with that. That's a great yeah, point. Yeah, it, you- it seems like... You, you give Velarde some actual good wingers to play with, and look what happens. 
<laughs> I mean, we were asking for that throughout the year. I mean, for the Jeff Carter and Andre Thompson to see you pairing, it just wasn't really working. So when yeah. we saw McClellan keep going back to that well, we were all just kind of wondering, like, okay, it's obviously not working. You can see the metrics that are being produced here. I mean, you got to switch things up. And when we finally saw Ayafalo paired with Velarde, I mean, the results spoke for themselves in the plays that they were the confidence that was being played with Velarde too, playing with Ayafalo and Anderson. I mean, Ayafalo is that perfect, like, I'm going to go into the corners and get the puck for my centerman who can make plays. That's exactly the type of game he needs, and that's exactly the type of player that Velarde needed, and it worked out well. I still think about that. Uh, I think it was against the Ducks. Uh, Velarde had that sick uh, between the legs, like no-look pass to Leah Sanderson. That just shows, like, you know, uh, he knows exactly where he's at, and they're both kind of thinking the same thing. And that, and those, and that's that play is exactly what I'm talking about. Ayafalo went <laughs> to the corner, got the puck, got it to Velarde, who made some great play, and Leas Anderson was in the right place, the right place at the right time. I mean, yeah. Who knows? I, I would love to see that line work together. Who, I, don't, I don't know. If I'd see Ayafalo moving down to the third line because if you're going to have Velarde center, like you mentioned, Scott, I mean, he's not going to be the second line center, so he's probably going to be the third line center if he is playing the center position. So. If you do want to keep Ayafalo with him, I'm not opposed to that, but Ayafalo still needs a lot more minutes than playing third-line minute role. And there's the other part of the problem about driving him down to the third line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – but who – if you're going to keep Ayafalo up, then who drops down? Um, um, well, you have Kempe and uh, Ayafalo. Yeah, I was going to say side. Kempe. You have more, and then you have um, – Kachev, who I'm really high of. So I mean, I was gonna say, how did you forget? That, and that's actually, yeah, right. What am I doing? What am I thinking here? Yeah, okay. If Vladimir Kachev, he's not there yet, but I can envision him being the Kings' first line, second line, left wing. I mean, I, I haven't really penciled him in there on, on top of my head because I just don't see a player like that being thrust into that position coming over from the KHL. I think he still needs to work his way up and kind of. I guess, earn that spot. And that's what I noticed in that interview I read, I posted about the other day where he said, I'm not just going to come to LA and just like think I just have a spot waiting for me. I want to earn it. So if he is able to earn that spot with his offensive uh, ability, I mean, I can definitely see it happening. Yeah. But I mean, but there and again, though, that means somebody's got to go. And don't forget about this too. This season, the Kings are going to have to figure out how they're going to get some of these prospects in the lineup. They have to. They can't yeah. keep everybody percolating down in Ontario for the entire season. You want to start a lot of them down there? Okay, great. But you cannot let them sit down there for too much longer. These kids are going to be ready to go. So this training camp is going to be extremely interesting and extremely heartbreaking for some because, like I said, some some guys are going to have to go. It's it's just the, the, the nature of the beast. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like I said – you can expect to see Byfield, if not at the start of the season, you can expect to see him in LA at some point. You have to expect to see Kaliev up. I just I don't mm-hmm. think there's much left for Arthur Kaliev to prove. And I, I know I've said this before. Yeah, I mean, last season in Ontario was great for him because it gave him a chance to work on his defensive game, and he didn't prove. But I'm going to tell you guys something right now. One more season in Ontario is not going to turn Arthur Kaliev into Mark Stone defensively. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, Arthur Kaliev is who Arthur Kaliev is. He's the trigger man, right? He's the guy who's your bona fide goal scorer. So at, at some point, it's got to be at some point soon, they got to bring him up and let him start doing his thing. 
Same thing for Rasmus Kupari, like you just mentioned, Russ. You know, there, there's just way too many moving parts. What about Fajimo? What about Turcotte? They're going to have to come up later on in the season. So mm-hmm. the, the, let me tell you guys something. I would love nothing more than to see the Kings make the playoffs this year, but I think we can expect at least the first two to three months of the season, the roster to be in flux. Yeah, there's definitely going to be Absolutely. a lot of uh, moving pieces around. But, um, you know, perhaps maybe Turcotte and Fagamo are, are like Thanksgiving timeline call-ups. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I could see Kaliev conceivably making the roster out of camp. <laughs> sure. I mean, exactly. But there and again, now your right side is loaded, especially if Velarde moves to the wing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think if there's any if there's any injury to any winger on the top six, Cali is getting a call. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I hope so. After that is Russell Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I played defense. But <laughs> so I guess, guys, that leads us to another segue. Um, actually, I wrote a piece in the uh, on hockey royalty about the athletic. Uh, the Athletic rating the LA Kings under 23 prospects as the fifth best in the NHL. Uh, that Athletic article was written by Corey Pronman, who uh, to me is one of the best in the biz at ranking prospects. And he made an awful lot of great points in there. Um, he has 19 of the Kings prospects being projected to play NHL games. 19. That's huh. almost an entire roster's worth. With the Kings? But, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so Again, that just, you know, it, it, strengthens, it strengthens the point that there are a lot of kids on their way, if not already to be on their way. It, it just basically reinforces what we were just saying. But let me ask you guys something. Do you think number five is too low, too high, or just right? I think it's probably just right, I want to say. if I mean, the way that he had the rankings situated – it was just under 23 players. So right. if you probably start for any players that are under 20, Kings probably number one, maybe number two in the NHL. But with the under 23 players, they're looking at the teams in front of them. We're talking about Ottawa, who's got a really great prospect pool and then has Brady Kachuk that's already thriving in the NHL. Sure. You have Carolina, who also has a pretty good prospect pool. And then they have Andre Svechnikov. And so a couple other players already thriving in the NHL. And then the Rangers with Lafreniere, and then yeah, with Kraftsoff and all them. Gosh. So I mean, it's kind of hard with with the group that they're in and that top five. So I can kind of see it being moved around really interchangeably. But for it to be all under twenty three players, and really most of the good Kings prospects are only 20, 20 years and younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Sure, and you forgot to mention the number one team. Believe it or not, the Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> Good for them to finally be, be on top or something. Yes. What, do you, what do you think, Ryan? It's because of Darlene. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Now nah, you're talking my language, Russ. Yeah, no, I think Russell, uh, he hit the nail <laughs> on the head there. I mean, if it was like a, a shorter, um, I guess, uh, sample size that they're looking at, you know, like under 20 or something. But if you look at some of the, the guys that are just outside, uh, you know, 20 years old, uh, Gabe Velarde, Elias Anderson, um, there's a, a couple of other guys that are slipping my mind right now. Uh, Mike Anderson, um, Tobias Bjornfoot. But some of those guys, uh, you know, they're – most of them played, you know, really their first full season last year. 
uh, they just don't have enough experience there. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, Gabe Velarde, uh, inconsistency. Tobias Bjornfoot was up and down. He was also injured. I think he was injured in that Vegas game, right? He took yeah. the hit against the glass. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just there's not a, enough there. I'm fine with the, the number five ranking. Number one in our hearts. Yeah, right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, when I first saw that, my first reaction was like, oh, man, how can they be only number five, right? The hype that the Kings prospect system has, what is going on here? Yeah, but when you see U23, you're like, oh, okay. Well, not only that, it's not only that, but I also, you know, if if you read the article, and I'm not going to give, you know, obviously too much of it away because, you know, the Athletics is a subscription service. But, and and, and like I said, Pronman is great. He he really is. And he goes very in-depth with the Kings prospects. And here's the thing. He's got two of them being pegged to be top line or all star projections or projected, right? Two with a chance. So the next two have a chance to be, but not, no, it's no guarantee. And then the rest of them are like middle of the lineup players or players with a chance to play NHL games. So after I read that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That does kind of make sense. If he's only got two of our prospects pegged for all star status, then I guess five is a, a pretty fair ranking. And by the way, those two were Quentin Byfield and Arthur Kaliev. So what it says is that the Kings have a lot of solid prospects, but there's not a lot in the way of star power. Not according to him anyway. So, yeah, I guess if you really look at it that way, sure. And, and don't get me wrong. The Kings are in no way, shape, or form in a bad situation because that's what you need. To yeah. You need solid players, right? You can't have a team full of all-stars. It never works, ever. But, you know, it also means that the Kings are going to have an awful lot of trade capital to work with, too. And I hate to bring that up, but it's true. If you have that many prospects that are pegged to play NHL games, believe me, that's the, it's worth its weight in gold. A great discussion, guys. And I'll tell you what, we're going to take our first break here. And when we come back, we're going to have Patrick O'Neill from Valley Sports West. We'll see you in a minute. All right, and welcome back, Kings fans, to part two of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Uh, we're going to bring our guest in in just a second, but before we do, we just want to let everybody know that we lost Russ. Uh, he apparently has some analytics he's, stuff that he has to get to. I don't know. Uh, he's still we, with us on this planet, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you know, when you're the king of analytics, you can just take off like that, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we dock his pay <laughs> from, from zero to zero. So... <laughs> But anyways, replacing him is the hottest author in the world of hockey right now. Uh, he is the author of All the Right Words, My Journey as a Sports Writer Who Stutters. There it is. It's Mr. Ryan Cowley. What's going on, Ryan? Oh, jeez. Um, no worries, man. All good. Stutter, I, I'm lost for words. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, no, no, no. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, and I'm... Um, uh, I'm doing well, and I'm very excited to be here. All Absolutely. Right. Well, Happy to have you. Yeah, thanks thank for you. coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, and next, I'm going to bring our guest in. Uh, he is the guy who greets us every every Kings game. Uh, he's he's there at the beginning. He's there between periods. He's there at the end. Uh, extremely intelligent and insightful. Uh, he works for Bally Sports West, of course. He is the one and the only Mr. Patrick O'Neill. What's going on, Patrick? What's up, Scott? 
Ryan, oh, yeah. it's great to be here. I don't have any Kings, anything in the background. Hang on. <laughs> oh man, here we go. The first time ever our guest has left to There we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. There you go. Something in the background. Is it in the shot? All right. Yeah. yeah, it is. yeah. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> what's happening? What do you guys uh what's good? Well, we can tell you're a pro because you said, is it in the shot? And like, that yeah, just puts exactly. it off right there, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. Most, most important, make sure it's all framed. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. A little shiny. This is like there's no makeup work in here. This is just, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> One of those days, I was with my daughter all day, and I live on the west side of L.A., and she lives up with her mom up in Hollywood, but she had two appointments. She had physical therapy. She had an acupuncturist. Which was very expensive, mind you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you sure that better work? And then back up there, and then back here, and and uh, I made it just a little bit late, but pumped to talk to you guys. That's all right. It's all cool, man. It's all cool. So listen, before we get going into our Kings talk, uh, if you would tell us a little bit about how you got into the business. Geez, it's like there's a long, real long story. So I always tend to, to get into that, but I, I won't. I don't want to terribly, you know, uh, take up too much time, but. I was like, I started out as an actor. I come from a family of actors and I thought that that was the the route to go and, you know, bounced out of college at Laverne after two years and started, you know, auditioning and trying to get jobs at, you know, 20 years old and uh, did, oh, didn't do very well. Um, moved to New York, a lot of bartending and came back to LA and tried again with the acting and, um, but kind of always wanted to get it into, into sports somehow. And I thought maybe if I hit it as an actor, maybe I can, I can get into sports casting in some sort of strange sort of way. But I, um, I got lucky. My, my aunt's husband, my uncle-in-law at the time, they've since divorced, but he knew somebody at Fox sports uh, named Bill Brown. And oh, he knew a guy um, that knew Bill Brown who got me in meeting and I was going to get into, into production work. I thought, you know, at, at this point I was 30, two-ish, I think, and I thought I could maybe get a job as a PA and, and work my way up into, like, you know, directing or producing yeah. um, live sports, and he knew that I was acting, and he asked me if I wanted to try sports casting. I was like, wow, yes, I do. Got an audition that I that uh, one guy saw, a guy named George Greenberg, saw that tape, and, you know, for whatever reason, he really, really liked me and, and wanted to give me a chance. I got two other auditions that I didn't get, and but he told me about Fox Sports Radio, uh, that was just launching. And so I got an audition for an update anchor in, uh, in September of 2000. And I got that job. Like I remember where I was when I got the call from Tom Lee, who was the, you know, the PD of Fox sports radio. And he said, um, we want to hire you, but we only have uh, 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. Monday to Friday available for 30 bucks an hour. Do you want it? And I was like, Oh yeah, I want it. So <laughs> started uh, overnight radio doing doing updates, you know, three times an hour, just kind of cutting my teeth in the business and ended up staying there for about 20 months. Um, just really learning how to broadcast, you know, on radio and then another chance on TV, you know, in, in 02, like uh, April of 02, I think. And, and, and landed a, uh, a TV update kind of job at Fox sports net national and let the overnight radio go. And, and then just kind of, focused on on tv and then in at the end of 04 I, I went to fox sports west there was an opening and um there was a lockout nhl lockout that year but i knew the kings and i asked when it comes back you know can i be the the host of, of the, your kings you know uh, broadcast because they didn't have a guy because billy mack uh 
was doing Ducks, I think, at that time. And Van Earl was doing Kings, and he left. So as soon as hockey came back after that lockout, I was, you know, I was in the host chair and have not relinquished it. <laughs> nice. 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 Yeah, I mean, because there's got to be a lot of similarities, really, between acting and being in front of the camera to do the broadcasting, right? I mean, I would think. Well, I get to act like a sportscaster. If that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good answer. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think you know, I uh, I wasn't that successful as an actor getting you know getting hired, but I mean, I, I worked at it, you know, at the craft, trying to you know study or take classes and do scenes and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I think it helps, like you know, your 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 voice, you know, um, and combine that with my my love and passion of sports. It just it just hit, but then I had to really figure out how to be a broadcaster. I mean, I did, you know, some you know I studied journalism in college, and I studied you know I was on the radio in high school and college, so I was kind of going in that direction, you know, as it was. But I kind of just thought that I, you know, acting was the way to go because the family thing. But it all worked sure. out. So how did you kind of get the opportunity to do both the Kings and the Angels? Well, I started when I started at the end of '04, really '05. <laughs> you know, Fox Sports West was, you know, had the Dodgers, had the Lakers, had the Clippers, had the Kings, had the Ducks, had, you know, Pac-10 sports. Um, and so they had an, a uh, Southern California sports report. And when I jumped in there, I, you know, I was, I was the Kings guy, but then I just worked my way into being the Lakers sideline reporter for home games, baseball season. I, I pushed my way in to be the host and the, and the sideline reporter for Dodgers. And then in, uh, when the Dodgers left to their own network, I, you know, um, jumped over to Angels in 14. That was a little bit of a late start because the Kings went on a long run and won the cup. So <laughs> I, I jumped in in like June, end of June right away, and um, they have pregame, postgame shows. So basically just been doing all sports, you know, blessed to be able to just do kind of an array of, you know, um, and whatever, basically whatever they asked me to do, I wanted to be the guy that could, you know, say no problem. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. learn early in this business, right? You don't say no to any job. You just yeah. do it and you just – sure. You know, you grind and, and you do it. And, and then, you know, right now, real fortunate, just did four play-by-play games for the Angels, nice. um, which was like the, you know, highlight of my, my broadcasting career by far. I mean, <laughs> I've done some like cool, intense, you know, like live national TV high-stress moments. Like it was a, I was the um, update anchor for, for Fox NFL Sunday for like an, an entire season. And my heart was just pounding because like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what about for an update. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, but, but there's no rush, like, like live, you know, live baseball, you know, right there. I'm calling the game with, with Mark Gubaza. I'm like, this is insane. I called an Otani home run. I called an Otani win. I call it yeah, yeah. game. I was just absolutely blown away by the experience. And um, I got four more games the rest of the season. And but this month I've just been, you work really hard. Like that's one thing I know about these play play by play guys and, and gals. You just work so incredibly hard. It's probably why okay. I, like, I don't know if I want to do it. Um, <laughs> but so that's what this month's all, all been about for me is just cramming as much baseball knowledge and play by play knowledge and watching games and you know being ready for, for this Saturday and Sunday, the eleventh and twelfth. I've got I got I'm in the booth for road games and picked up two extra ones. I'm just fired up, man. I'm so fired yeah. excited. Uh, that is so cool. Now, remind me, was that uh, your first time doing play-by-play? Yeah, first time. Oh, I, okay. I did college basketball three games like 10 years ago, uh, Big West basketball. I couldn't even tell you the games I did. I know I did one championship game, Big West, for, for women and two men's games. I'll take a stab. Yeah. So it's been in Irvine. I don't know. I can't remember. But that was a long time ago. So 
so yeah, so um, you know, the opportunity opened up for just a whole myriad of reasons, and and uh, you know that that just doesn't happen. You know, it just doesn't happen when they ask you to, you know, hey, you want to try to give it a try? It's like, uh, holy smokes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. And you then, know, and then uh, when you're alone with your thoughts and you're, you're terrified, you know what I mean. But right. I just had to had to approach it with confidence, and and it went okay. When we uh, when we were talking with Jim Fox a couple of weeks ago, he said like in his first three years with Bob Miller, he couldn't even tell you the score at any point in the game. He was just so focused on getting the call right um, and just being uh, accurate and there a good supporting partner for Bob. Yeah. Is that I don't know? Did that kind of happen with you at all in the play by play? Yeah, yeah, um, Brian, for sure. I, I wanted to make sure I did a good job for like for our team in the truck, you know, mm-hmm. those guys and, and, and gals in there that were like, wait, who's calling the game? <laughs> you know, and um, I, I really, I wanted to do it also for myself, you know, like, like I wanted to clean, you know, broadcasts, you know, it's, there's so many people that work so hard, right. Behind the scenes. There's so much that goes into it. They're there really early. And, and uh, I just didn't want to let them down, you know, um, and I didn't want to let Mark down my partner. And so, um, definitely put a lot of pressure on, on myself, but I had, I had like three weeks notice yeah. and, and I had four, I had the Rangers for four. So, you know, I studied on the Rangers and I got this, I knew, I know the angels very well, but I wanted to dig deeper on them. And, and I called a bunch of different play-by-play announcers around, around baseball. Like I, I spoke with Don Orsillo on the phone. Um, oh yeah. The Padres. Yeah. yeah he, he's great. Yeah. 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 And, and he, he gave me 15 minutes on the phone. Um, Kenny oh. out. Gave me 30 minutes on the phone. Matty V spoke to me in person, Matt Vasgersian, mm-hmm. um, Steve Lyons, who I used to work with. So I got the I got the vibe of the play-by-play guys and, and the vibe of the analysts guys on TV, you know. And everyone basically says, like, be yourself and less is more, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they can see it. So, but never having done it, it's like, how do you compute all that? Right. And, then, right. and you know, execute it. Just, just right. winging it, you know, but I started to felt like I got the hang of the, the pace and, and the spacing and when to talk, when to not. But, you know, I got, geez, I got to get reps. I got so long to go on that, you know. Yeah. Not to get another chance. And, and at the end of the day, everything I've done, I can always say, you know, sit on the rocking chair, you know. And <laughs> at one point in my life, I called an ancient baseball game. Yeah. No, no that's awesome. great. Yeah, that's, yeah, no doubt. No and doubt. One of, your, one of your broadcast partners for Valley, Valley Sports West, excuse me, Jared Stoll, yeah. um, what's that like working with him? Stoll is so cool. You know, at first I, you know, maybe I was like a little starstruck, you know, you know, because he's, you know, not only is he, you know, was, was a great champion, but Stoll is kind of like that epitome of cool. Right. You know, he's just, he's he's the guy that walks into the room. Everybody turns, you know, and like, (laughs) I'm here. Um, (laughs) You know, you you get to know him and, and, we would do these shows in San Diego for whatever reason, they had a studio there. They wanted us to do, do some hosting pre and post there. So we would drive, you know, we'd commute together and, and uh, he's just super chill. He's just so, so real, you know? So, um, so easy to, easy to talk to. And when it comes to the broadcasting part, like he wants to really, you know, do a good job. I mean, he wants to be prepared. He wants, you know, um, he, you know, he's, he's doing all the, all the work with it, with, with, the, with whatever the, the topic is, you know, he's digging in there and, and he has the, he's on the ice with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, he sure. might have to balance what he, what he can say. Cause he, you know, he works in player development, but I feel he's still really, he's really good, really honest. And he knows 
So we got a guy on the air with us that not only is, you know, you know, was a great player, um, champion, and and he knows it. He knows the team inside and out. So it's really good asset. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you're right. He is so cool. I mean, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of the modern day Ron Duguay. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's just so cool like that, you know? I golf with Ron Duguay. My, my sister was married to John McEnroe, who was friends with Ron Duguay. He's 87. Wow. Yeah. We're playing golf in San Diego, but Mac has sideline tickets for game two Lakers Celtics nice. at the NBA Finals. Whoa. 86 or 87. It's right. It, it might have been 87. Um, but Ron, I knew, was, was with the Kings. And we, we were on the golf course. And I'm, like, panicking. It's, like, really cool to be playing golf with Duguay. From like, <laughs> sideline seats at the Lakers Celtics. We missed the entire first quarter. But uh, uh, the Lakers were on the cover of, this, of uh, Sports Illustrated, you know, with, like, Scott Duncan throwing it down. You open it up. I was in college. My buddy's like, dude. You're in Sports Illustrated, and there's a picture <laughs> of me, and John is blocked by somebody, but you see me <laughs> looking up as, as Scott's, like, throwing down over McHale or Bird, yeah. and, and I was like, that was, like, one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> That's my Ron Duguay story. Nice. And, so you know, I, now you're the king of cool. I mean, you were in Sports Illustrated, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, that was awesome. I wish I could. It's somewhere either there or there. I won't waste your time. I'd pull it. I'd put it right up to the screen. Yeah. <laughs> moment. Well, I guess transitioning to some King stuff now, I'm going to give you kind of a, a fun scenario. Who makes more appearances on a King's broadcast this year? Alex Turcott or Rally Howie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good For those one. of you that don't know, that's Jared Stoll's dog. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably say uh, Turcotte because we're not broadcasting from home, I don't think, anymore. So those situations happen when Soli was at home. And, and yeah. we were, you know, during COVID or whatever, we would do pre-post from home, which was which sucked, really. Mm. But uh, I was like, bring them in there. Get them yeah. in how we have yeah. a shot. So um, I would take a stab and say we'd get Turcotte. You know. <laughs> Maybe Turcotte's not, you know, doesn't. You know, what is it now? It's still like, what, 10, 11 games now, full season before the, the entry-level contract kicks yeah. in? Yeah. yeah. Or nine, I don't know. But um, Yeah, I think they can know. play nine. Yeah, yeah nine. I, I think he uh, – I think we'll see him. But for whatever reason, it's taken Alex maybe a little bit longer than maybe we would expect for a fifth overall pick. But from what I've heard from some of, like, the training staff, they just like the guy grinds, man. He works. They love his, they love his attitude and his approach. So maybe another year seasoning, you know, pro hockey with Ontario and – Maybe a late bloomer and, and, and maybe help help down the road. Yeah. And maybe uh, yeah, sure. for Absolutely. for some of the listeners that haven't uh, listened to, I guess, is the segment on the Valley Sports West when you and Jarrett were kind of talking at development camp. Um, just want to get your thoughts on, you know, the newcomers, uh, Philip Deneau, Alex Edler, and obviously Victor Arvidsson. Well, I guess for, for Deneau, I mean, you know, you got that, you know, that 2C. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously getting getting that that type of player right down the middle to, to take some of the, the minutes off Kopitar, right? You know, yeah. he's on face offs, you know, penalty kill. Um, you know, I just want I'm curious to see, you know, because I guess, you know, with Montreal, you know, Philip didn't get that opportunity to maybe showcase what he can do offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep wanting wanting to see like when when are the Kings gonna score a little bit more, you know. Um but definitely excited for him, I, I, you know, for, for that type of player to join the team because that's that's a that's a really good hockey player. 
And so excited about that. Now, Arvidsson, I know, has, has scored 30 goals in the league, um, but it's it's been a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He hasn't really been filling it up of late with Nashville. So what are we going to get? I hope we get the guy that could score, you know, <laughs> 25 to 35 or, or 20. Like, get over that 20 mark and – you know, and who, who is he going to play with Kopachar? I don't know what, what's the situation there. And and I think Alex Ever was a good get. You know, you got that uh, you know that left shot D. Maybe he's that you know that solid guy that's going to be with Dowdy. Maybe and if it's Mikey Anderson, that's great too. But he can eat up those minutes, right? He can eat up 20, 25 minutes a game easy. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's he's just such a solid veteran. So um, I know he's still got gas in the tank because I think he's closing in on a thousand games. He might be early 900s or, you know, I don't think he could get it this year, but I would imagine for, for a D-man, you know, that's something you want to get to is a 1,000. So I bet Absolutely. you he wants to play hard. And, and and so I like that. I think the Kings will be good defensively. I'm um, just curious about, you know, power play and, and, and offensively five-on-five five production and, you know, goaltending. So I still think that's that big question mark. Is it Peterson? Is it quick? Is it split? Mm-hmm. Is it quick? Going to, you know, be the number one, you know, because, you know, he's got something to prove, so – but certainly excited, right? Pumped to get the season, you know, underway. And sure, it, sure. it was awful last year. I mean, without fans, and then they finally came back, and then their their fans are there, but there's a couple of hundred, and they're piping in the sounds. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the first half of the year, we're wearing masks on TV and talking through it, and can't even breathe. And I'm just so I just want it all to be over with. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. End it. I'm in I'm in, uh, I'm in Illinois, and they just brought back uh, the mask mandate. So I'm just like I'm so tired of it. <laughs> mass mandate yeah. just in general where you go around town that sort of thing or yeah or uh entering um public facilities grocery stores and yeah whatnot. no i mean i i get that i mean i know i just who knows i don't want to get we're not going to get into all that but no definitely yeah, not. Uh, it's really tiring but you know to me that's you know i'd rather I, and i'm just talking about in terms of sports like if, if they're going to make a rule where, you know, you have to be vaccinated or you need to prove that you're negative, however, and, and that allows you to get into the building and it keeps everybody safe. Like, I'm cool with that, you know, as long as I don't have to wear a mask. And then eventually maybe this all goes away. But mm-hmm. I just, yeah. we, need fans, we need fans in the stands. You know, players right. need them. We need them. We need them for the broadcast. And we just got to – and we're seeing it. It's happening. But, you know, just hope we don't get any setbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Absolutely. And I guess but just, you know what? Sorry, oh, go, sorry, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I've been hogging the conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to. See the Dewey, and uh, there's like all that's uh, on the right is actually uh, that jersey was signed by the entire 2016 team. Nice. Oh, nice. A friend of mine got it for me. Yeah, and then the the gloves are actually signed by uh, by Dewey as well. I won those in a contest. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> Is he not the greatest? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Is he out of your favorite king. Oh my god! Yeah, he's for sure. So awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can listen to him for days just because it's, it's hilarious. I, if I, there's I, ever a guy that should have his own reality show, it's him. <laughs> but just, oh, like, absolutely. You're in there and you're getting trying to get like sound right. You're getting interviews and you're like, you know, you don't always go to Drew, but he's there. And nobody's talking to him. It's like, let's go to Drew. Let's get sound. You know, because the guy will, the guy's going to be honest with you. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, when he got suspended and we were playing Vegas, he missed that game. I remember that was just such a yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. That series, man. We, Kings could have won that series. It was so tight. Every game, one one goal, and double overtimes. That was brutal. Now, got to get back. Got to get back to postseason. Enough. Agreed. <laughs> Enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, uh, but I wanted to, I kind of want to just touch on this season just a little bit. As far as the, the prospects that are coming up, we talked about Turcotte. Is there any other ones? I mean, I, I know, you know, we've, we've kind of, you know, talked about Byfield constantly, and we're hoping that we see him right from the get-go. I mean, at least myself personally. But is there anybody else besides him that you think could crack the opening night lineup? You said besides Byfield? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a – like I said, we've debated this like every time. I mean, that's kind of – and I like I said, I, honestly, I hope to see him opening night. I think it would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would I'd be surprised if, if Byfield wasn't. I mean, it, I think you got to look at the guys that got, got run towards the end of the season in Kapari and, and Kaliev. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's who. That's where I'm. That's where I'm leaning. I don't. I don't know what, what you guys think, but I know they got rookie camp. Like that. That's going. There's like 36 guys in camp, and I. You know, uh, I got a text from some of the, the trainers, and it's, it's going, and they're flying, and it's going great, and everybody's on the ice, and there's great energy. But, you know, I would have to say, Kaliev, um, and, and Rasmus, and then I'm trying to think uh, defensively. I kind of feel like we might be pretty strong. Um, yeah, not that many spots. Like when you think about it, yeah, uh, sure. in camp. But that's what's great about having Ontario so close, and and the way Rob and Luke and the way they're running the team, you know, they those players will let you know. It's one thing Blakey mm-hmm. always says: is they will let you know, when right? They, when they're yeah, right, when they're yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I mean, I think uh, like for me personally, I it's, I hope it's Kaliev. I, I really do. I, do too. I mean, I. I know that, you know, there, there's some people that say, you know, that he's got a knock against him defensively, but he did get better defensively as the season wore on down in Ontario last year. And, you know, we, we've said this before. I don't personally think that one more season in, in the AHL is going to really make that much of a difference for him on the defensive side of the puck. And, and frankly, when you've got a kid that can shoot like that, mm-hmm. he, that's what he is. He He's a shooter, right? I mean, you, you're not going to turn him into an Artemi Panarin or a Mark Stone being you know, a playmaker or, a Mark, or, you know, a defensive player. But, but get the kid a chance to, to maybe be on Kopi's wing or to be on Dano's wing or whoever. I mean, that's just – you, you got to see what he's got. Totally. You know, but it, it does come down to that 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 uh, D-zone responsibility in the full 200-foot ice. Sure. And, you know, yeah. and, and even though, like, the, you know, the, the Kings, you know, have that have that great identity, right, where it was all D, right, and they just completely crushed you, the four-check and everything was mm-hmm. – teams just could, couldn't handle it, right, the way they rolled those lines. I don't think that identity is leaving the organization anytime soon. I know they want to get offense, but if you go out there, you know, and you're not responsible on your own end, I don't necessarily see it working out. But that's why those guys in player development like like Stoli are out there every day working with those guys to turn them sure. into guys that are better on the half wall, you know. Um, better Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but oh, the, yeah. the game's so fast, right? And it's a tough game. Sure. Oh, absolutely. It really is. No doubt yeah. about it. Patrick, we only got a couple more minutes left with you. I just wanted to actually switch to some Angels questions for you, kind of in your wheelhouse, what you're doing right now. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, obvious question, you know, what is what has been your impression of Shohei Otani this year? He's fully healthy. He's pitching. Uh, is he your AL MVP? Yeah, he's going to win the AL MVP without a doubt. I mean, that's that's a, that's a lock. There, there's no question. He's 9-1 and one on, the, on the mound, you know. Yeah, um, he, he leads the team in innings and strikeouts. Um, you know, uh, opponent batting average is under 200. That uh, you know, two you got, he's got two outs and they're hitting like under 100. I mean, he he is especially with runners in scoring position. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. he, just, he, he just finds a way to, to lock it down. And he's he's a mystery because 
you know, we go to the yard and you see guys that are working out and running. A lot of pitchers run. He doesn't. We never see him like do that. So, <laughs> when is this guy doing any running? Like, how is he able to? You know, maybe he's playing pitch, hockey. Pitch seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pitches, seven innings. And it was in the lineup the next day and hit his forty third home run. Like, yeah. Where's the legs come from? Offensively, in the second half, you know, he's he's, you know, he's not doing as well as he did in the first half. Um, is he fatigued? It would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot of swing and misses, you know, even in the zone. You know, he strikes out, you know, like 30% of, uh, of the time, and he may set a team record in strikeouts before the season's over. Um, so, but it, it's incredible. It really has been. A, it has been a thrill to watch him. You know, it, you know, he he's not getting he's getting pitches to hit. But if you had Trout and you had Rendon and you had those guys. I think his numbers might be better and the team might not be in the playoffs because pitching is always mm-hmm. an issue, you know, without pitching, yeah. I don't think you're going to win, but you know, um, they battle Joe Madden's fun. I mean, that's one thing I like about that team is Joe Madden keeps it, he keeps it loose and he keeps the guys figuring out a way to just show up and, you know, try to compete. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. So I, I know all about that. Yeah. His, uh, exactly. his zoo, zoo animal trip yeah. and all that uh, stuff he does to keep the guys loose. But, yeah. um, you know, the Angels were an interesting organization at the draft. I think they took 21 pitchers with all their selections. Yeah. Um, do you think this is the offseason that they finally go and get a couple of big names? I think I saw they were linked to um, Scherzer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard that, but you got to, like, it, it, oh. Rogers don't sign them, I'd be surprised, right? Because they always yeah. find a way to, you know, at all costs, sign the guy that they, they – how did they get Scherzer and Turner? I have no idea. They somehow pulled that <laughs> off. But that would be awesome. Um, they need two starters for sure. They're getting, you know, they're getting a look. You know, you know Otani's can really pitch. And they're getting a look at some guys, you know, down the stretch here. But I think you got to go out and get two starters. You got to, you know, re-sign Rysel Iglesias. He's got 30 saves, so he's one of the best closers in the American League. Um, and then you got to fill some holes. You got you need a shortstop. You know, they got Jose Iglesias. They they just released. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and they might need another catcher, backup catcher. I think Kurt, Kurt Suzuki might, you know, retire. Who knows? So they got definitely some more to do in the offseason, and you know, and see if you can get Trout, Rendon, Otani, and the lineup all together at the same time. What's up with, with Oh yeah, with absolutely. Wally? Come on, Ryan. What me? Yeah, what do you got for me? All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 um. Oh dear. Uh, you, you caught me on the spot. <laughs> you can go anywhere, you can go any direction. Yeah. Right. Talk, about, talk about the Red Sox. Yes, Patrick. I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, I don't know. And Joe Madden frustrated me when he was Tampa Bay's manager. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, um, Humboldt State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you just scripted it for me. You scripted it for me. Where, where do I see myself in ten years? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be 54 next week. Oh come on, that's not really. Funny. Yeah, yeah. No, so I don't believe that. that. Would be, uh, I'll tell you, you know, so wow. Maybe just 
relaxing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's part of the podcast experience. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> Somewhere, you know, with my wife, my beautiful wife, Summer, and um, enjoying life, man. I, I can't, you know, what would be like a, dr- a dream would be like, let's say this works out with the angels and I'm somehow still being able to like, like, let's say they want me to somehow and I, I'm like, wow. But I don't expect another 10 years of being able to do that. So probably yeah. retired. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 10 years from now, probably retired. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll have you call in the play-by-play for the World Series. How's that? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't want that pressure, man. I don't want that pressure. <laughs> nice, local, low-key. I've been trying to fly under the radar, and now suddenly I'm, like, doing play-by-play. I'm like, man, my plan backfired. <laughs> I know you ended up on Hockey Royalty podcast. And what's next? Oh, yeah. right, there's yeah. nothing left. It's great to catch up with you guys and and um, kind of just talking about the Kings gets me gets me excited and and ready for the season and you know absolutely uh, I'm pumped, man. I really yeah, am. Yeah. I really am. Yeah, I, I, mean, think McClellan, I mean, I don't think McClellan's had a real good you know shake yet. You know, well, this no. is a good, a good, a chance to like, you know, full training camp. Um, right. I mean, it has been so brutal, you know, the, the last time for everyone, obviously. For yeah. COVID. And I, I just don't, I just think this will be a good, hopefully a good chance to really see what, what he, what he's able to do. Right. Mm-hmm. All goes well and we get fans in there and we start to, you know, maybe get, you know, get out to a good start. You know, yeah. And you know, you're you're so right about that. And this is the first time the Kings really went and made a free agent splash. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been coached yeah. too. That's if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of our first round pick, man? Fenceman. Clark. Oh, oh, man. Clark. Clark if he Clark. if he plays as ta- as fast as he talks. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. reminds me of Dewey a little bit with the yeah. I know. It's like his little brother. <laughs> for some hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, he is great. I mean, um, I mean, just from the energy and his passion and how he's able to like talk about his game and the confidence he has, like that's that's great. Now with Mikey, you know, with Mikey Anderson, you know, and Bjorn Foot, we got Young D, and with a solid veteran and, and Dowdy, and that's you know, and, and Walks and Roy. I mean, I really like, really like what we got on the back end. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. Really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just, yeah, just we got to get some offense from these guys, though. Yeah, I agree. Last year we had like hard to get any goals. I think uh, Dowdy was the only one uh, with any power play goals. He had six. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's, well, yeah, I think you're right. That's that's. Yeah. Oh, I think hopefully Cal Clegg will kind of step up his offensive game this year, and that's kind of his calling card. So I guess we're gonna. We'll find out because I don't think there's much other choice now. He's yeah, not yeah. going to clear waivers, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Maybe he's the, maybe he's in the mix, like you know, seven D. But it's sure. Uh, with, with you know, if everyone stays healthy, you got Edler and and Dowdy and Bjornfoot and Anderson and Walker and Roy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those. I don't see those guys stay healthy and are playing well. They're going to be in the lineup. Yep. For sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Love that role. Musical hockey chairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. What else? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no, we just we really appreciate you coming on. I mean, this is this is fantastic. You took the time out to talk to us. Oh, no problem. And, uh, you know, you, we realize you don't have uh, m- many off days now that, with all the work you've been doing with the Angels. <laughs> I'm, but, not, uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not complaining at all. I just know that 
Like I, I have uh, angels tomorrow and then Saturday and Sunday I'm back in the booth, you know, I'm like, Oh man, it's coming quick. And it'll be road games. So I'll be calling those games off the monitor only, you know, we're not. Trying oh to- yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well uh, I'm sorry, Patrick, right before I leave, I do have one yeah, question. Uh, shameless plug, but do you have an Amazon account? Uh, <laughs> uh, you're able uh, uh, to buy my book. Okay. Yes, there you go. Everybody, no obligation. Hey, Patrick, if it's uh, if it's any consolation, uh, the book is actually it's got some good humor in it from Ryan's perspective. I've had a few uh, laugh out loud moments. All right, I'll definitely I'll get it. You got it. My pleasure. All, All right. right. Ryan, Thank you. Ryan, nice to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll see you about a month. All right. All right. See ya. Thank you.